Thank you, Lord, for the favor of God upon all of us. All right, I have a powerful word I want to share with you today, as you can see on Facebook and in the text I blasted out. So go with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. Now, I need you to really pay attention. I really need you all to lock in because this message will change your spiritual walk forever. I'm telling you right now. And I'm not just lightly saying that. If you really take hold of this, you will see a difference in what I'm about to talk about. (laughs) Here we go. Most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever, say whatever, whatever. you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything, say anything, in my name, I will do it. It's almost so mind-blowing, you just kind of pass right by it without even thinking about it, right? Today, I want to talk about prayer. Specifically, I want to talk about some very important points about prayer that many times are overlooked or not even considered in the process of when we pray. When we as Christians hear the word prayer, we just kind of lump it all together and carelessly throw out a word salad, don't we? We throw some words out of our mouth and hope they will somehow twist God's arm enough to answer us. Oh, come on. Someone's getting the revelation out here. They just hope I'm twisting God's arm enough. I truly believe that most Christians don't really know how to prepare how to pray and how to pray effectively. And this is part of that puzzle. Because of this failure on our part to prepare to pray, many Christians, they get discouraged. They lose faith. They blame God. They get angry at Him. And they backslide and fall away into the world. When the principles have been here for over 2,000 years. And we've missed it. Many Christians live their entire life. Now think about this. They live their entire life and they die without mastering their prayer life. They had their entire life to learn. They had their entire life to really tap in to the wells of salvation. But they wasted it. Think about this now. The Holy Spirit has given me some powerful points to share with you today that will position you to receive answers to your prayers. I mean, I'm telling you right now, you you probably have not thought about something this deep. Some have, maybe some haven't. The title of my message is simply this, Going Deeper in Prayer. Going Deeper in Prayer. Now lock on. Are you locked on? There are many different kinds of prayer. That the Word of God talks about. And each prayer, each kind of prayer, has different sets of rules attached to it. For example, let me give you an example. What do you mean, Pastor James? Here, If you are seeking, if you're seeking the will of God for your life personally, 
That is called a prayer of consecration. Okay? That is the God, if it be your will prayer. Are you following me? That's an if it be your will. The consecration prayer is, Lord, if it's your will, open the door for this or that. Okay? And then the Bible talks about the prayer of faith. Now, the prayer of faith, what's interesting about this, is that the prayer of faith can only be prayed for something that is promised to us in the Word of God, such as healing, such as protection, such as provision for our daily life, wisdom, and so on. Those are, that's just a partial list. As I always say, faith begins where the will of God is known. If you don't know the will of God on a, on a circumstance or on a, a situation, you cannot pray the prayer of faith. That's a if-it-be-your-will kind of a prayer. So to be able to pray the prayer of faith, you must have evidence in the Word of God that it is God's will for you to have in your life. Are you following me so far? What happens many times is that a Christian will try to pray the prayer of faith for something that's really an if-it-be-your-will kind of a prayer, and it doesn't come to pass, and they get discouraged. They get mad at God. So many times, you are praying for your own will and not asking God, God, what's your will in my life for this situation? We're killing some sacred cows today. I hope you enjoy the steak. It took me a while to cook this. All right. As the book of James says, you asked amiss. You missed the target in your prayer life. And it won't come to pass. Because you applied a rule to the wrong kind of prayer. Now, I know what some of you are thinking right now. Some of you are thinking, this is way too complicated. (laughs) But it really isn't. But remember what I've been saying. This is what separates a believer from a disciple. A believer from a... This is what separates a believer from a disciple. A disciple is a disciplined one. A learner of the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit told us in the Word. He said, study the Word of God to show yourselves approved. I don't know why, but I think people think that just applies to pastors. (laughs) I love it. But he told us to study to show ourselves approved. A disciple will take the time to read. A disciple will take the time to feed on. Come on, am I talking to anyone? A disciple will take the time to study the Word of God, to show themselves approved. And remember, I also said this a, a week or two ago. I said, getting saved. The plan of salvation. Someone getting uh, born again. That is extremely easy, isn't it? You can get saved. If you're, not, if you're in here, if you're watching online around the world right now and you're not saved, you can get saved right now by saying, yes, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello, somebody. It's very simple. But learning the kingdom of God, learning the spiritual laws are a bit more complicated or in-depth. That's why God has given the fivefold ministry to the body of Christ. Yes. To make disciples. Make disciples. Say make disciples. Now, because it says make disciples, that means it's a process. Right. Come on, somebody. Amen. The effort you put into it is well worth it and will manifest powerful results in your life. Remember, the word says that God is a rewarder of those who what? diligently seek him. 
He will not reward laziness. He will not reward slothfulness, spiritually speaking. He will not reward sowing into the flesh. And let's just say it, many Christians are lazy. Many Christians are just lazy. They're content with just the believer status. As far as the deeper things of God, digging into the wells of salvation, eh. The Holy Spirit, listen to this, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And He expects us as Christians to humble ourselves, to allow Him to teach us. We must let go of dead religion. We must let go of traditions of man that hinder our spiritual growth. God, I don't know if you know this, but God wants you to grow spiritually. Every day, we should be growing spiritually. Amen? And you can only do that if you have a mindset of a disciple. A disciplined one. A learner of the word. Come on, somebody. For this message today, I'm focusing on receiving from God. So it's more so, I'm talking about the prayer of faith. I'm talking about receiving from God. Go with me to James chapter 5. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the anointing flowing already. I'm telling you, that praise and worship was amazing. And uh, I'm feeling a spirit of wisdom and revelation up here. Let's do this. James 5, I'm sorry, yeah, James 5, 16. Like I said last week, whether you like it or not, if if your behind is sitting in that seat, you're going to become a disciple. I'm going to teach you like a disciple. You might go other places and they're going to teach you as a believer. I want to make disciples. I want to take you deeper into the Word of God. Amen? In fact, that's why some people who have started coming to this church, they said, we're coming here because I want the deeper things of God. Welcome to Living Waters Chapel. Amen? James 5. I'm telling you, I'm constantly pressing in for more revelation, more understanding, deeper things of God. Amen? Amen. James 5.16 says this. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Let me just read verse 17. Elijah was a man with the natures like ours, with the nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and you see the results there. What I really want to zoom in on that verse are the words effective or effectual. Now, The King James Version says effectual. Say effectual. I got to be honest. I love the King James Version. Most of the time up here, I'm using New King James Version because many people trip over and stumble uh, on the these, those, blah, blah, blah. But when I read the King James Version, when you read it so much, your mind automatically switches it while you're reading it. And you know what I'm saying? Marianne has become a lover of King James. She loves, don't you? Uh huh. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, baby. Thank you. Now, <laughs> so, <laughs> King James, thank you. Now, I'm the king of my home, right? Yeah, right. Okay, she gives me permission to say so. Okay, so, okay, listen to this. <laughs> what I really want to zoom in on in that verse are the two words, effective, or I like the King James. King James says effectual. 
All right? And then fervent. So effectual and fervent. The word effectual. Let's define this. Are you ready? The word effectual is defined, oh, this is good, as successful in producing a desired or intended result. Mm. The word effectual is defined as a successful, being successful in producing a desired or intended result. We're talking about prayer today. We're talking about going deeper. The word fervent, say fervent, is defined as having or displaying a passionate intensity. The word fervent is defined as having or displaying a passionate intensity. Intensity. The words are so, those words are so powerful and the Holy Spirit, these two words, the Holy Spirit is giving us a key to get results to our prayers. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit is giving us a key to, uh, to our prayers and we pass right by it and we don't even know it. We read those scriptures and we pass right on by, but there's two keys that the Holy Spirit is showing us in those two words on answered prayer. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't want us wasting time. And the Holy Spirit surely doesn't waste words in the Word of God. Amen? I don't know about you, but I want to be effective. I want to be effectual in my prayer life. I want to be successful in producing a desired or intended result. Right? If you're not interested in that, what are you praying for? Save your breath then, right? Jesus said, as we read, if you ask anything in my name, which means anything that is covered in the the written word of God, you will have it. Just the fact that the Holy Spirit uses the word effective or effectual, just the very definition of that, hitting the target, reveals to us that answered prayer is not God's responsibility. It's ours. You following it? To get a desired result. That's on our part. That's our responsibility, not God's. But we throw out these words, salads, and hoping we're twisting it. And we twist his arms so much. Please answer. Come on, somebody. Again, the book of James, in the book of James, it says that we can ask amiss. We can, we can miss the target in our prayers. We can miss the will of God. Again, you can only pray the prayer of faith for something that you have evidence in the Word of God. You have a promise to back up what you're believing for. Now let's look at another passage uh, that proves it. Go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. I like to throw a little humor in the messages too. If you all ever fire me, I'll become a Christian comedian. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Woo. No, I'm not going anywhere. Here we go. Listen. <laughs> Thank you. All right. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm sure a lot of the people at the library would like to see me fired. I'll tell you that much. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm not. Here we go. Ready? All right. We laughed a lot. We got a lot of endorphins running through and all that. We're good, right? Here, I got you. You're awake. Here we go. James 1, 5 through 8. Here we go. Okay. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man or person suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Now, what I see in that verse is that it is our responsibility in receiving answered prayer. Do you see that in there? As far as God's part in that verse, you know what I see? That God is a liberal giver and eager to give. But I also see that we can hinder it from coming to pass. Even though, think about this, even though he's a liberal giver, we can still hinder and stop it. Which means he's ready and willing, but he's saying, I need my disciples on earth to learn spiritual laws on how to release it. Not to convince me, not to twist my arm and bag, but put spiritual laws into practice, into action, which is going to release it. This is what people don't understand in Christianity. They don't, they don't think they have a responsibility in the, in the matter, but they surely do. Faith is a requirement to receive from God. Just settle it in your heart and soul right now. Faith is required to receive from God. And a lack of our faith can hold back or restrict the answer from being released to us. Now... On Facebook, I put a status uh, this week sometime, I believe. It says this. This is how the Holy Spirit worded faith to me. He said, faith is seeing something as a present reality before it manifests in the natural realm. Is that right? Because you're supposed to believe you receive what? When you pray. You're supposed to see it. So true faith sees that thing you're asking for is a present reality before you see it with these things. Come on, somebody. I want to pull out the words double-minded in that passage. According to this passage, being double-minded is the opposite of having faith. It is an enemy of faith. Do you see that? It says, let not that man or person think that he or they will receive anything from the Lord. Now, here we go. You ready? The very first thing the Holy Spirit revealed to me about having an effective prayer life is that, number one, you must be, if you're taking notes, write this down, you must be single-minded or focused on what you are asking or expecting to receive. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. He said, many of my people in prayer are not fervent or passionate enough for what they are asking for. To be effective in your prayer life, you must be fervent or have a fervency for that thing you're asking for. You ready for this? Christians ask for something, they walk away and forget about it. Come on, somebody. Christians, we have a focus problem when it comes to prayer. 
We don't slow our thought life down enough to really focus on the thing that we're asking to receive. Say focus. We have a focus problem. Many times in prayer, we just spew those words out and there is no fervency or faith attached to it. Oh, I'm going deeper. Get ready. We aren't really expecting the answer. We're just throwing out those words, hoping somehow the answer will come. But the word doesn't say that we receive by hope. We receive by faith. Now, what leads up to that faith? I'm getting there. So we have a double-minded problem when it comes to prayer. Double-mindedness, ready, hinders fervency and makes our prayers non-effective. Remember, fervency is a passion, a desire. Say desire. Fervency is watered down without focus or single-mindedness. Take hold of this. See, see, we can turn a light on like that and it lights the whole room. But that same energy, we can bring it down like this and it comes in, ter- turns into a laser to cut steel. I'm talking about the power of focusing. Being single-minded. I'm, are you following me? We aren't really expecting the answer. We're, we're just throwing out those words. Now, it is impossible to be fervent or passionate about receiving something without focusing on that thing and the benefits of it. Y'all want to know why your prayers aren't being answered? I'm telling it right here. This is a huge key right here. You need to take time to meditate on that promise. You need to meditate on that desired result. Don't lose me. Don't lose me here. So fervency or being passionate is a fruit. I'm going deeper. Is a fruit of desire. Say desire. Desire. No fervency or passion. No desire. Go with me to Mark chapter 11. Let me show you something here. All the believers looked at me like there's a deer in the headlight look right now. Well, this is the deeper things of God. I'm trying to take you into the deeper. See, this is, this is the thought process uh, connected to prayer that many Christians don't even think about. I'm taking you to some of you into uncharted territory that you've never been to before. That's okay. Just take my hand. Come on. We're going to go. Just go ahead. Now, listen. Mark 11, 23 through 24. I read it all the time. Mark eleven twenty three through 24. Jesus said these words. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have what, whatever he says. Verse 24 is the key. Zoom in now. Therefore, meaning what I just said prior, therefore, I'm connecting these things. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. All I see in there is an instruction on what to do to get answered prayer. Are you following me? So you got here. Here's what the Holy Spirit's showing me. This is where Christians are missing it. 
This is why we're not seeing answers to our prayers. Ready? Fervency is a fruit of desire. In fact, fervency is desire on fire. I said fervency is desire on fire, baby. Listen to me. Remember, desire is hope on fire. Okay, listen, desire is hope on fire and fervency is desire on fire. Do you see the chain reaction there? It's hot. It's passionate about what it wants. Frankly, we don't have enough passion in our prayers to move an anthill. If faith is present on the inside of you, there should first be an expectation What's another word for expectation? A desire. So there should be a desire before you pray for something. But when you pray for it, you are expected to believe it has presently been received at the moment you release the words. We lack desire. We lack, because we lack desire, it can't be transferred into faith. Are you following me? Your prayer should have an excitement attached to it when you pray. It should have an expectancy with it, a desire. If you're praying in faith, that the prayer should be viewed as this. Are you ready? The prayer part. Now, now I'm talking about, I'm, I'm illuminating how to prepare yourself before you pray in faith. We need that desire. We need a fervency. you got to really meditate on what you want to receive. Are you following me? That's the preparation. But when you get to the point of actually letting the words come out of your mouth. Oh, come on somebody. That should be viewed as the step to receive that desired thing. Not to beg God. Man, I'm, I'm telling you right now. This is from the Holy Ghost. Listen to this. In, in, uh, in the King James Version says it this way in Mark 11. Here's a, no, here's a difference here between the King James and the New King James. It says this, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. The New, King's James, New King James Version said, Whatever you ask. King James says, Whatsoever things you desire. Listen to me. The King James Version takes out what things soever you desire and replace it with whatever you ask. I don't like the new King, King James Version on that because you can ask for something and not truly have a desire for it. Are you following me? So I think the new King James and a lot of these newer versions do a disservice to us on the original intent and what God's saying. Did you ever hear that before? Come on, somebody. I don't like that. I think the New King James, New King James Version takes away a powerful key to receiving in prayer. It, the preparation point up to receiving the prayer of faith. So here's what we got to get across to all of us today. This is what the Holy Spirit's getting across. Desire is a huge key in receiving answers to our prayers. And fervency is connected to desire. It's desire, don't ever forget it, it's desire on fire. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's loud. Oh. Listen to this. So what is desire? 
Desire is defined as this, a strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen. The key is a strong feeling. Oh, I'm going deeper. It's a spiritual law. Whatever you expect, you're going to attract. I said, whatever you expect, you're going to attract. In fact, your life right now is a manifestation of your belief system and what you expect. Are you following me? I want you to notice that in the King James Version, that desire comes before faith to receive. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for or desired. Or desired. The evidence of things not seen. Oh, I'm going deeper. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Put on your scuba outfit right now. Mark 11.24 is basically another way of defining faith. You desire, your desire or hope comes first, and then it must be turned into faith when you pray. Believe you receive what? When you pray. So if you're going to believe you receive when you pray, there better be some preparation before you pray. Are you following me? I feel like I'm about ready to be raptured right now. I'm feeling the presence of God. Listen to me. This is where, oh, we're going deeper. Here we go. This is where your imagination comes into play. Oh, follow me now. Follow me now. Now, don't lose me right now. Your imagination is connected to our desires. (laughs) It is connected to your belief system. Are you following me? Your desire will cause you to meditate on that thing you're seeking. If what you're desiring... Here, are you ready for this? (laughs) The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. Get ready. This This is absolute fire right here. If what you're desiring cannot be seen or felt in your imagination, your desire or hope is not strong enough to be converted to faith. Are you following me? Oh, let me say that one more time. If what you're desiring cannot be seen or felt in your imagination, your desire or hope is not strong enough to be converted to faith. That's, I don't know. That's, what can I, I mean, that's from the Holy Ghost. James can't think of these things. That's just pure revelation from the Holy Ghost to say it that way. Amen. I give him all the credit. Amen. Listen to this. I told you this message will change your life if you're locked in. Listen, the Holy Spirit spoke this to me. To be able to believe you receive when you pray, you must desire that thing to the point of feeling the emotions of receiving it. You must see it in your imagination. That is the substance and that is the evidence of things not seen with the physical eye. Oh, man. That was a Holy Ghost truth bomb right there. Are you? Is anybody picking this up this morning? Let me say that one more time. My goodness. My goodness. Listen. To be able to believe you receive when you pray, you must desire that thing 
to the point of feeling the emotions of receiving it. You must see it in your imagination. That is the substance of things hoped for or desired. That is the evidence of things not seen with the physical eye. It must move you emotionally. Your faith will dictate your emotions, your words and actions. If you believe you receive when you pray, you should walk away from that prayer differently than before you prayed for it. Because that prayer of faith is the moment you locked in on it. That's the moment that you locked in on it. That's the receiving point. But many Christians use it as the begging point for God. Are you following me? I'm telling you, the devil doesn't want any of us to know any of this stuff right now. Why? Because that's why the devil hijacks your, your emotions. That's why the devil hijacks your imagination. Are you, I, that's why. He hijacks it. Remember, we're talking about receiving the promises of God. Things that belong to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Things that belong to us through salvation in Christ. So here's, here we go. You ready? We're go- oh yeah, we're going a little deeper. Ready? You need to write that promise down from the Word of God, number one, on paper. And, and what you're desiring. What, you got to write down a scripture, all right, a promise, and you got to write down what you're desiring. Make sure you have the Word of God to stand on for that thing you're desiring. That's the first thing you better do. If you don't, guess what? It's a prayer of consecration. Lord, if it be your will. Because you don't know if it's His will unless it's plainly stated in the Word of God. You following me? And then you need to meditate on the Word of God in connection with that thing you are asking for and desiring. Some of y'all are saying, all right, this is a little too much. Do you want results in your prayer life or not? Or are we just going to be like the Pharisees, Sadducees, standing out on a corner, thinking that we're just going to be heard by God for the many words that we're throwing out at Him? It's not the amount of words that's spoken. It's the power behind the words that makes the difference. Listen, what things, say things, what things soever you desire. So here's what the Holy Ghost said. He said, each thing your desiring must be seen on the inside in your imagination first before it will ever manifest on the outside. According to Ephesians 1.3, all the benefits of salvation through Jesus Christ are spiritual blessings. Look it up for yourself, Ephesians 1.3. They are spiritual blessings. And each one, each spiritual blessing must be transferred into the natural realm by faith. Now, All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. That's a scripture, right? Well, the Holy Ghost said, you must put your yes and amen on every promise. That's why some Christians, they can believe for prosperity and woo, they take right off. But they they don't have a lick of faith for healing. That's why some people can believe for one thing and not the other. Because each thing has to be believed and received. Now, believe it or not, I'm going to say the phrase again. Let's go a little bit deeper now. You ready? Let's go a little bit deeper into the the wells of salvation. Meditating on the promise from the Word of God and seeing it in your imagination 
is substance and evidence of things not seen with your natural eyes or your natural senses. Right? We all agree here? Here we go. Faith is spiritual. Your imagination is spiritual. Your imagination is spiritual. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. Before you will receive a blessing or an answer in prayer in the natural realm, it must be experienced by your spiritual senses in your imagination before it can be transferred into the natural realm and be experienced by your five senses. Now, here's where I, I got to say. The five natural senses are this. Hearing, touch, sight, taste, and smell. What you don't know, right? That's in the natural. Most people, man, we've majored in the, in the natural realm. We majored in all five of those senses. But what you need to know, and I preached on this in the past, that we have those five spiritual senses as well, connected to our spiritual body. I don't know if you know this or not, but you're a spirit being. You possess a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and you live in an earth suit. This earth suit is what makes you legal here on earth. Amen? So you are spiritual. So your spiritual body has five spiritual senses. uh, Hearing, touch, sight, taste, and smell. Now, your five spiritual senses can be experienced through your imagination. Did you know that? Sure you do. You all do it, but you do it in an unrighteous sense. Listen now. I remember years ago when I started taking flying lessons. All right, I started at age 14 taking flying lessons. I would close my eyes and imagine every single detail of that flight lesson before I even did it. Everything from the walk around inspect. I'd lay right down. I'd be in a chair, or lay in my bed, and think about this in my imagination. I'd walk around and do the ins- walk around inspection around the aircraft, opening the door and smelling. I could I could smell and touch the cloths of that seat, holding on to that control yoke. Going through the checklist, starting up the airplane, taxiing out to the runway, and taking off. I did it all right here in my imagination. I would meditate on every detail. Why? Because I had an overwhelming desire. I had an overwhelming desire to fly. And I had an overwhelming desire to succeed at it. And I did. I was fervent about it. I was passionate about it. I was totally passionate. And the Holy Spirit spoke this to me recently. The Holy Spirit told me to do what I did with aviation in my spiritual life, in my prayer life, and I would begin to see powerful results. We just don't want things bad enough. (laughs) We just don't. And what happened? We short-circuit our faith. We short-circuit our faith. The imagination is so powerful that, listen to me, that Jesus said it's possible to commit adultery in our heart. You know what he's saying? In our imagination. Listen, which stirs up the emotions and it brings the feelings of physically doing the act. Are you following me? Jesus said you can commit adultery in your imagination. All five of your spiritual senses are active. I could get a little more graphic on that, but I'm not going to do it. Amen. You get the point. 
It has the power. Why? Why? Because it has the power to create an emotional soul tie with that person other than your spouse. That's how powerful the imagination is. And the devil hijacks it. We, well, let's put it this way. He, we let him hijack it. We let him hijack it. Because the devil knows if you will start using your imagination for holy purposes, it will manifest the kingdom of God in your life and not the kingdom of darkness. So here we go. God, God, I'm almost done. Stick with me. God has given us an imagination. Oh, this is good. Okay, are you ready? If your neighbor's sleeping, just kind of tap them like this and wake them up because this is important, all right? I've seen a lot of elbows go like that. Okay, here we go. God told Jeremiah, don't look at their faces when you're preaching, okay? So here we go. Listen, (laughs) you ready? God has given us an imagination so we can see beyond the natural realm. So we can see beyond, here it is, the impossible in the natural realm. That's why he gave it to us. That's why we have the imagination. Because in the spirit realm, there is no distance. There are no limitations. There are no impossibilities in the spirit realm. That is why the imagination is connected to our desire and to our faith. Have you, I'm telling you, the preparation. You use your imagination in the preparation process before you pray. Our imagination is so powerful. That we can hear something. Uh, You know, like I can, my mom, she passed away in 2009. In my imagination right now, I can, I could hear her voice. I could remember a time, you know, being in the kitchen and talking to her. And I, in my imagination, I can hear her voice still. All five of your spiritual senses are manifested through your imagination. It's so powerful that we can hear something. We can touch or feel something. We can see something. We can taste something. And we can smell something without connecting to anything in the natural realm. Don't believe me? Just imagine this. Close your eyes and picture yourself holding a rose and smelling it. I guarantee you, you'll be able to smell and remember what a rose smells like. Come on. Think about this. Think about holding on to a baseball. I can imagine holding a baseball and I can feel I can feel a baseball. How about a tennis ball? I I could feel a difference between a baseball and a tennis ball right in my imagination without even physically holding it. Are you following me? This is the deeper stuff that needs to be taught in the body of Christ. You can feel it in your imagination. You can think about it. Think about walking in to your in-laws or your parents' house on, on Thanksgiving Day and you can smell the turkey. You can smell the food without physically being there even. That's how powerful your imagination is. You can sit, listen to this, you can sit in your living room. You can imagine yourself laying on a beach by the ocean relaxing. Anybody ever done that? Your imagination has the power to stir up your emotions and it even has the power to relax you and give you peace. This is not new age stuff. Here's what the New Age stuff did. They have taken this thing, they've taken God, they've taken Jesus out, and they call it the universe. They generally, well, they've taken a spiritual law 
and they're using, trying to use it apart from God who gave it. That's where the danger is. That's where demons can come into your life. Are you following me? Now listen to me. Go to Isaiah 26.3 as I get ready to close here. Isaiah 26.3. See, some of, some of y'all might be hearing this and be like, I don't know about that. You know what that is? That's your dead religion. That's your messed up belief system from what you learned as a kid in dead religion. Jesus said when he ministered, I only do what I see the Father doing. You want to know where he's seen it? Imagination. My goodness. That's why even before, prayer team, when before you minister to someone, take a moment. Lord, how do you want me to minister to this person? And just kind of wait for a moment. Just kind of wait. See if the Holy Spirit gives you a picture on the inside. That's what I do. When I come up to pray for someone, the Holy Spirit of many times speaks or shows me a, a spot in a person's body at the healing services or whatever. I'll come up to someone and all of a sudden I'll see an outline of a body in my imagination and I see a red dot blinking in a certain spot. And I start praying for that area. And I, most of the time, people, a lot of times they'll respond. They're like, oh, how'd you know that? Well, I didn't. The Holy Ghost did. We got to learn how to hear from him. We got to pay attention to him. Amen. Now, Isaiah 26, 3, look at this. You will keep him or her in perfect peace, whose mind, underline it, mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. The imagination, the word there, the word mind in that verse literally means this. Creative imagination. Did you know that? The word mind in the original literally means creative imagination. It means this. It means a mind or a creative imagination of the believer that takes the promises in the word of God and creates, listen to me, creates a picture on the inside that manifests peace in their emotions. You know, people saying, well, I'm offended by this. I'm offended by that. No, no, no. You can disconnect yourself from that. Oh, well, this situation's really, really making me anxiety-ridden. That's because you're allowing it to make it that way. Are you following me? That's because you're allowing it to make it that way. It means you're, again, it means that your mind or creative imagination... It takes a promise in the Word of God and it creates a picture on the inside that manifests peace in your emotions. Uh, Have you ever closed your eyes and imagined something like getting ready to skydive out of an airplane? You you you, 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 you you take yourself to that point. This is how powerful the imagination is. You know, you, you get to that point where you're, you're, you're feeling that nervousness. You're on the edge there getting ready to jump out of that plane. And then when you do, you jump in your seat. Have you ever done that? And listen to me. How about when you you all you were starting to fall asleep? And, and, right? Oh yeah, I see heads bobbing now. You're starting to fall asleep, and you had a dream that you were jumping over a cliff, and you wake up just the, the you know all over. You know, my wife thinks I'm having a heart attack or something. See, dreams are your imagination, just in night form. Oh, come on, somebody. But the point is, your imagination makes it feel real. 
This is why the kingdom of darkness wants to invade and influence how you use your imagination. They know the power in it. They know your desires connected with faith will transfer the blessings of your salvation into, the, uh, into your life uh, in the natural realm. So our imagination, let me say it this way again. Are you ready? Our imagination gives faith substance to things hoped for or desired and evidence to things not seen in the natural realm. The imagination is spiritual. You getting anything out of this? I'm almost done. Promise. That is why we, uh, as I was talking about a moment ago, that is why we are not a slave to our circumstances in the natural realm. We can use what God gave us to to shift our perception of a negative situation by using our imagination connected to this book right here, the Word of God, and then shift that situation in the natural realm by using our faith-filled words to shift it. You shall speak unto this mountain. Be thou removed. Now, I want you to notice something. It doesn't say you shall think unto this mountain, be removed. You got to speak to it. Remember, spoken words will bring a manifestation. Spoken words, spoken in faith. You got to believe it without doubting, will bring a manifestation in the natural realm. It must be spoken. Amen? Our imagination is connected to our desire. And our faith is connected to it in the sense that our prayer of faith seals the deal. That, and we have received the answer at that point in the spirit realm. And we locked in on it. Now, here's a point that I want to finish up on. Here's a very important key. So we've done on that. We, we prepared to pray. We got a desire. We found the scripture in the word. We're fervent. We want it. I can see that thing on the inside. Man, my five senses are rolling. They are rolling on the inside of me. Now, you come to the point of praying for it. You prayed for it. That's the point it says when you pray, you receive. Are you following me? Now, here's a very important key. You need to maintain that faith until that thing you believe you receive manifests or comes to pass in the natural realm. This is where Christians lose it too. This is it. This is the key. They, they have, when they prayed, they, there's some Christians who believe they received it. But then the devil comes along and throws a thought in their, heart, in their mind. Come on, somebody. And it knocks them off. Desire or hope got you to the point of faith. You need to hold on to that, that you received. You must be convinced. You must know that you received at the point that you prayed for it. That's where they're trying to knock you off. So the transition time between asking and it manifests in the natural realm, you've got to hold on to it. That's why I said that you've got to act like you received it after you prayed, until you see it. Your, your actions, words, and deeds all have to line up as if you received it. And that's why the Word of God says that we need to walk in the Spirit. Because you can only truly maintain that if you're in the Spirit. If you're in the flesh, forget about it. So here's what you need to do. You need to keep that picture and experience of receiving that thing in your imagination. That is your substance. That is your evidence that you received it. 
Don't let go of that substance and evidence in the spirit realm. The point the Holy Spirit is trying to get across in this message is that we as Christians, we do not adequately prepare ourselves to pray. We need to prepare ourselves to pray. We go into it blindfolded. Again, we just spew out meaningless babble and we hope that we get an answer and it should not be a guessing game. We should know. We should know. Prayer is not answered. Again, I'll say this one more time. Prayer is not answered for the multitude of words. Prayer gets answered because of the heartfelt conviction, because of the heartfelt desire and faith attached to those words. That's why. So take time to focus on what it is you really desire. Take time to focus on what you desire. Connect it to the Word of God. Use your imagination. Use your five spiritual senses to take hold of it in the spiritual realm. That is the spiritual substance. That is the spiritual evidence of what you're holding on to. Amen? And maintain that faith until you see the manifestation in the natural realm. Christians, listen. It's time for us to go deeper into prayer, deeper into the wells of salvation. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, thank you for the revelation. Thank you that you are taking us deeper. Lord, I pray that every word that was spoken, I pray it would be engrafted in the hearts of the hearers. Prayer team, come on up. Let it be engrafted in the hearts and minds of the listeners today. Lord, we want to see results. We don't want to waste our time praying. We want results. We want to be effectual in our prayer time. Now, Maybe there's someone in here you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. You're the unsaved one. You're the child of the devil that I was referring to earlier before preaching. But guess what? That can change right now, today, here at Living Waters Chapel. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, come on down and pray with one of our prayer team members. Now, maybe you need to rededicate your life. And many times, that's, I'm, I'm going to venture to say that's probably probably more so those in here today. You need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe you're one that got discouraged. You've been discouraged because your prayers, you feel like you're hitting a a tin roof. It's not even going up to the heavens. But guess what? It wasn't God's fault. Amen. If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord today, come on down. Just make things right with Him and let's watch your prayer life turn around, your spiritual walk turn around. If you need to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, you never received it with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I want you to come down. Receive. Oh, we need the Holy Ghost. He is our teacher. He is our guide. Amen? Amen. And He wants to fill you with power to be a powerful witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on down if you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. If you need prayer for healing... Uh, a family member or anything else, come on down and pray. We'll stay as long as we need. But visitors, thank you so much. If you're a first-time visitor, there's a card right in front of you. Fill it out. Put it in the suggestion box in the back. We're not going to bug you. We'll we'll just use it to pray for you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, Anything else? Is there anything else? Uh, The prime timers, 55 years old and older, come on uh, Thursday to the rails end. We'll have a great time. But you know what? This week, why don't you... Listen to this message online again. It was so filled, power-packed with, with truth. Listen to it again and take notes. Amen? Amen? All right, everyone. Tuesday, my podcast airs on the Luke 418 radio network, Luke418radio.com. So have a great week. I love you all. If you need me, you know how to contact me. Have a great week, everyone.